This is part two of the Music Therapy Chronicles year in review series for 2021. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles. I hope you're having an awesome day and you're ready for part two of our year in review series. In case you missed last week, which was part one, these are compilation episodes where I pick out snippets from various conversations and um, I've had this year, different episodes, and put them all together in this nice little review package. If you want to re-listen to or missed any of these conversations and want to go back and find them, the links to everything are in the show notes. And one more announcement, the doors to the self-care community are still open for about another week. If you don't know what the self-care community is, please take a minute to follow all the links in the show notes or check out uh, my recent self-care episode. I believe it's um, number 142, 143, episode 143. Um, look at that one if you want to hear more about the self-care community. This is a great gift to give to someone else, to yourself, um, to receive, to ask Santa for if you really want to focus and prioritize on your self-care in the new year and you want ongoing support, community support in doing that. All right, make sure you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss um, the last part of our year in review series. Today, we're going to be hearing from uh, parts of episodes from my conversations with Alicia Suli, um, one episode that was just with me, Jessica Crisp, Esther Thane, and the ladies from the Creative Dementia Collective. So I hope you enjoy part two of our year in review series for 2021. Sometimes you don't really understand somebody's experience until you have it yourself, yeah. you know? So like, um, I just want to be upfront before somebody turns off the podcast and they're like, oh, that's so boring. Um, that I used to think that ADHD was like a made up thing, huh? like just something psychiatry invented to like prescribe meds to people and like get kids all drugged up and like kids just needed to play and not eat sugar and like eat a wholesome diet and like have parents that were attentive. And it was an ignorant opinion. And I completely mean that in the whole definition of ignorant because it was uninformed. I didn't know any better. And as a lifelong learner, I have no shame in admitting that I had an ignorant opinion. And uh, you know, you you know, you can have all the ignorant opinions you want as long as you're willing to learn. <laughs> yes. So so I'm gonna say that and um I just want people to know that sometimes, like, I guess what I want people to also gain, if you're not a neurodivergent person, is a little bit of understanding 
for your coworkers or your clients that might have ADHD. This just seems like a conversation that needs to be had and a topic that needs to be covered. And I'm hoping that whoever is listening to this will, um, I guess, not learn something is not what I'm aiming at because I'm not here to teach anything about the exam, but just feel seen and, and heard and know that if you're preparing for the exam and you have fears or if you have failed the exam and you're, you're waiting to take it again or anything like that, um, there is hope and there is time and uh you're not alone you're you're not alone in any way i'm i'm not here to put up any type of facade i guess and this is a way of me breaking down that wall being vulnerable and saying i failed i tried and i failed at a big part of um becoming a music therapist and this is my story But yeah, um, if you are out there and you are in a similar situation and you have those gut instincts, um, let that first step being debriefing it with somebody who you know is morally sound. Mm. If their first instinct is shock and um, egging you to do something about it, your instincts were right. And that experience was teaching you that your instincts are sound and your morals and ethics are sound. And so, you know, in future situations where when something doesn't feel right, you know to trust yourself, um, even when it's extremely hard um, and you're having to go against people A, you've trusted your entire life or P, B, people that have authority over you um, because there's I f- it's a it's an experience I didn't get in, in college. Mm. I never, we, we talked about code of ethics, but you can't really simulate code of ethics because um, it's an authentic reaction. You know, you can't say like, if I was in a situation, I would hope I would do this. But what actually happens in the situation is completely different because we have those instinctual self-preservation, um, you know, instincts. And so, Um, having those really good communities and sounding boards are so important, Mm. so important on your just day-to-day live debriefing things that you're, you know, you're, you're internally dealing with. Cause, um, you know, if you've been taught that your instinct is wrong your entire life, which I know a lot of our, a lot of our generation does, you know, we're, we're taught to not trust ourselves. Um, if you've taught, if you've been taught that your whole life, um, you need somebody to point you back to to your your inner guide, you know? Like you need someone to tell you, like, no, that voice is correct. Mm. (laughs) You are on the right track, trust. I generated audio recordings of it, and they're also included within the MITM curriculum as well. Um, so depending on if you're if the child that you're working with is really young 
or they have a low um, attention span. There's actually four versions of the relaxation. There's a five minute version that could even just be used for transitioning. You know, we know that autistic individuals can sometimes struggle with transitioning from one activity to another that can create a lot of anxiety. Mm. Uh, so being able to incorporate the relaxation and just put it on their earbuds and say, okay, we're going to listen to this while we're in the car driving from one therapy to another therapy, for instance, um, or just to kind of bring them down and help them self-regulate. Uh, there's a 10 minute version. There's a 20 minute version that includes a wake up section. You know, my, my relaxations actually were refined after hundreds and hundreds of trials with kiddos in groups in the public school system. So I was actually, and you know, a lot of people thought I was crazy at the beginning. They're like, how are you doing relaxations with kids at school mm. and actually, you know, being successful in it? So I would bring in pillows and blankets. Uh, okay. This was like, pre-COVID, but I would go to like thrift stores and buy tons of pillows and blankets. And um, I would go into the gym uh, before the sessions and drag all of these mats from the gymnasium of the school into my room. And I'd close all the curtains and turn off the lights. And I'd put the piano, the analog piano, which I'm a firm believer in using, especially in a relaxation, because you've got these long resonating chords that don't just die out after, you know, a few seconds on an electric keyboard. And I put it in the middle of the classroom and I'd have seven kids all lying down on the floor with their aids. Mm -hmm. So with, you know, their, I'm not sure we call them in Canada, SEAs, special education aids. I know, I think they're called something different. Paras, Paras, Paras yeah. in the States, Paras. And it was an opportunity for them to bond with their paras in a different way, lying on the floor. The para was not the facilitator Mm. in this scenario, right? I was the facilitator. So they could lie down with their child, with their student, and I'd have seven kids and seven paras all lying down and I would um, deliver the relaxation live. I think that, you know, one of the main reasons why we are so terrified of dementia and why we don't talk about it and why it's, you know, like Aaron started out with, right, how stigmatized all this language is and talking about it is, is because at the end of the day, right, it's about disconnection. And that's what scares humans most is feeling disconnected. And we imagine that if we had dementia, and we were in a different version of reality or our version of reality, that we would be disconnected from everything that we care about and love. And so that is why kind of on an existential level, reality re- reality orientation is like not the way to go because it's creating disconnection for nothing, right? We are being antagonistic and we're arguing with someone's experience just because we think ours our reality is right and their reality is wrong. Right. And so I think that it can feel very scary as a care partner to acknowledge, you know, we're kind of jumping into the deep end of the existential pool here. But like, what is reality? Right. When we're face to face with the truth that there is not just one. Um, 
we can kind of, you know, oh no, if I, you know, if you grab onto me and we both acknowledge like, what is reality? We're both going to drown in this deep end of the existential pool here. Um, you know, and so we try to ground ourselves to our own truth of reality. And that's not what is called for. That's not what's needed when we're partnering with someone living with dementia or someone that's experiencing a different reality. We, we meet them there because that's what they need. They need connection. And that's what we're so afraid of that sometimes we're, we're too scared to look at it, you know? Well, I know you hear a lot of people who are like, oh, but I don't want to lie to them, mm. you know? And I don't want to be like deceiving of them. And I'm like, but like you, you, you want to, so you want to, you know, talk them out of their reality to what end? Who does that serve? Yeah. Mm. Who does that serve? Like ultimately, who does that serve? Does that sit better with you and your moral conscience because you don't like to be a person who lies, but you're going to send this person into a spiral of anxiety or fear or, oh my God, I can't believe I couldn't remember. Like you're, mm-hmm. or are you going to do them the kindness of, you know, you, you, people call it all sorts of things, right? Like therapeutic fabrication or validation therapy or anything like that. But like you really have to kind of check our agenda at the door sometimes when mm-hmm. people aren't willing to make those kind of shifts in the way they approach their care. Like, oh, I'm not going to lie to somebody. I was like, well, <laughs> we're, we're going we're gonna to have to do some work there. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and are feeling uh, inspired and invigorated. It's cool to hear little snippets of these conversations back to back to back because truthfully, sometimes I forget how much amazing information I take in um, from producing the show and sometimes it doesn't all stick in all honesty so when I listen back to the things I'm like oh my gosh like I was there for that (laughs) for that conversation live and how fortunate am I that I can listen to these conversations again I recently had a colleague say to me I always listen to your show when I need a professional pick me up (laughs) and I'm like thank you thank you so much um and I hope that these compilation episodes can also be like a good reference when you need to pick me up of just like tons of just different voices saying inspiring and creative and uh, supportive things. So keep these episodes on a playlist or something so that you can listen back to them if you ever need that little that little burst of energy. All right, don't forget that the doors to the self-care community are open for about another week. If you want to join us, we'd love to have you in the new year. We have um, three guest experts joining us in 2022. They are Lindsay Bryan Podvin, Alyssa Stone, and Diva Paskowskis. You can listen to my episodes with uh, any of those lovely women to learn more about them. And also you can follow the links in the show notes to learn about the self-care community in general. I'd love to have you um, in there with us. It's a wonderful, supportive, and intimate group for ongoing self-care support because we don't have to do it alone. All right. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. We are at Music Therapy Chronicles. And I will see you next week for the last part of our year in review series. Thank you.